played, and I am pleased. I am pumped to be with you tonight to celebrate the Browns' 29-17 to victory over the hated Pittsburgh Steelers. I am joined tonight by Jake Burns and Mike Keefe, a bunch of orange boys in the building tonight, and we are excited. Uh, let's go to Mike. He was he was being the most vociferous with his hands. Unmute yourself, Mike, and tell us just how you feel right now. Orange boys need orange beers. Let's do this, guys. Come on. Mm. Browns victory beers. Always good with that. Listen, man, I don't care what it looks like. Mm. I don't. Mm. I don't care. Yeah. I don't. I don't care that we were all screaming about the defense in the first. That's half. right. I don't, I don't give a. I don't give a. You know about that. I don't <laughs> care because beating the Pittsburgh Steelers always feels good. That's right. Always there we feels go. Good. There we Two go. Two and one, all right. baby. Two and one. There we go. Two and one. Winning record. Top of the division. Feeling good. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm. I'm. I'm with you, Mike. Aesthetics aside, and we'll we'll get into all of it. There's a lot to talk about there that is not good, but. Uh, the score is good, and so we we could we count that as a one in the win column. The Browns are two and one, and uh, boy, it feels like it's been a, a long three games, uh, right, Jake? I mean, it's been a journey to get to this point. Yeah, this is uh, a game that they we said in the pregame they just they just had to win. I, I think that it would have been, you know, based on <laughs> based on the way the first half went, I thought like some guys are out here coaching like if they if they don't figure this out in the second half there could be some really ugly 10-day break conversations happening in Berea Uh, the defense I believe in the second half I haven't looked at the next gen stats uh, for the game but I believe they held uh, let's let's check here I think I can pull the game book up for the second half it does not have quarter four yet but I think they held them to around 100 yards and three points in the second half so it was a really nice bounce back performance after some some not so fun first half action but you know, there's always a cost. We'll see with JOK. Walk seems to have broken ankle or something. He got, he yeah. got like sumo splashed by Chuck's a core for that. What wasn't was very that? cool. That was what really was that? dirty, really yep. weird, man. Like to, to, uh, guys on the ground in, you, I don't know. I'm not going to waste time talking about that guy, but anyway, yep. sucks to lose uh walk because man, he's a great leader. He's a mm. great leader and all that, but you had to win. You had to get this win because you were feeling everyone was feeling down and justifiably so. It was a yep. really miserable Sunday and you needed to bounce back in four days because if you went one and two into these these uh, next 10 days, it was going to be miserable. So they did yes. it. They did what they needed to do to win. I'm sure everybody in that locker room is really excited about it. AFC North wins are never easy. And I thought Pittsburgh did some nice things, some some heroic efforts, a great catch from uh, you know, Pickens on that one up the sideline, and they made some plays too, but but Cleveland did enough to win. And again, Andrew, we talked about in the pregame, man, where it's like, I, I guess maybe maybe we just had it wrong. Maybe the offense is going to be pretty good and the defense is going to be pretty bad, and that's right. how it's going to go because, yep. again, the offense puts up 376 yards. They, they're super balanced, 205 rushing, passing, 171 rushing, like – they're good. They're apparently good, and Kevin's dialing up some great concepts, some great timing, and Jacoby is really ripping the ball and playing even better than I think anybody could have anticipated. So you yep. feel really good about this win for the next day. There are things to clean up. Apparently, they have never worked on hands team. The NFL made the rule change. <laughs> it was supposed to make it harder to recover onside kicks, Jeez. but the Browns are making them miserable. Like They got guys. Mm-hmm. I get it. You want some guys to rush the other side and, and block a few. But just go get the rock, man. Like we, yep. we got these guys sitting back and waiting, and it's like, 
they got to work on that. I hope they do in these 10 days, but, but yeah. again, feel good. Uh, you know, after what we all went through Sunday, we deserve to feel good. So feel good, man. Feel good. Yeah. Uh, yes. it, it does feel good. Uh, two quick shout outs, Warpath with, uh, some gift subs in, in the chat and OG Philly, uh, dropped a 10 spot of gift subs. So thank you to both of you guys. Uh, Really uh, celebrating a, a Browns win over the Steelers in, in the best possible way. We're feeling the love tonight, and it feels real good. Um, I and, and, you know, Jake, you segued into it perfectly. I put together a rundown. I, I spent a little bit of time on it. You know, I write some notes. I, I have some ideas. And then, uh, you know, it's fourth and six, and the Browns get caught with 12 men on field goal defense. And I just I, – I, I stop what I'm doing, and I add a new number one to the list, and it's just fire Mike Prefer. Get that guy out of here. He doesn't know what he's doing. There's no more discussion. There's no more. Well, maybe this, maybe that. He's not good at his job. He shouldn't be here. Get him. Get rid of him. I don't Mike? really know what purpose he's serving. Sorry, Mike. Take it. Go ahead, bro. No, man. Listen, I argue with me, Mike. I can't. I can't argue with you on that. All right. I can't. I, I mean, first of all, um, oh God, why? Why is the new return man's name escaping my head? Chester Rogers. Yeah. Okay. I, first of all, I'd like to thank Chester Rogers. Every time he went to catch a punt tonight, I felt like. We're in good hands. That guy's catching even even the one where he kind of went crazy there, like in the second half, where yeah. he maybe shouldn't have, uh, maybe he should have just fair caught it and been fine. I never, I never worried about Chester Rogers catching the ball, so that was a positive. Yeah. Little slight anad- added note to that: I don't think Demetri Felton played at all on offense either, so I don't think he was out there. Well, period. Maybe other than a few active. specials. Yeah, he was oh, was he inactive? Yeah. 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 Well, that tells a bigger story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. So but, he's yeah. he's right on the yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. They just don't seem well coached. They don't seem well coached. Uh, you know, even when when he had Ford run the ball out from like eight yards deep, and the, and, and he was real hesitant yeah. about it, anyways. Like, what are you doing, man? Just Hard take, rule, take man. Eight. It's in the end zone. Just take it twenty five. Simpler for yeah. everybody. You may yeah. you may get lucky, Mike, and bring it out and get to the thirty. Hey, cool, five yards. Like, is it worth it? The right, the exactly. percentage of negativity, the fumbles. Like, is it worth it? The the word that I use to describe the Brown special team right now is panicky. They feel panicky. Everything yeah. feels panicky. We, we're panicky on onside kicks. Yep. We're panicky on punt returns. We're panicky on kickoffs. There's nothing calm, cool, or collected about the Browns special teams. Yep. That has to point to the coach. It has yep. to point to the coach. You've got guys yep. that have made good plays on special teams. They had some pretty good kick coverage in the mm-hmm. game today. But, man, I, I don't know. I, it just The whole thing yep. feels panicky to me. And I would just remind people, too, that uh, Mike Prefer wasn't hired the same time as Kevin Stefanski. He was already here. So this is his fourth year. I know that a lot of the players have changed, but he has been here for four years, and their special teams have been bad for four years. So yeah, I'm, I'm sensing a theme, and I just want to be clear. Like, I'm not a guy that wants to sit here after every game and say, well, we should fire this guy, we should fire that guy. But, I, you know, 12 men on a field goal, it's fourth and six. If it's fourth and five, the, yeah. the Steelers have a first down. Maybe they get a touchdown. It might change the course of how that all goes. Can't it's, happen. It, it, and there's no reason for it. it. It can't happen. It can't happen, and it keeps happening. So that's it on Mike Prefer. I, I, I that's a check for me on the first line of my uh, rundown. Let's <laughs> let's get into uh, celebrating because it was a win, and I I get worked up about Mike Prefer, and I, a lot of people in chat are right there with me. So I know that I'm not off base. But let's talk about Kevin Stefanski because Kevin Stefanski put together an offensive game plan that had the Steelers guessing. He had Terrell Edmonds and uh, some of those linebackers in hell tonight with David Njoku and Amari Cooper working inside and and some of the screen actions that they were running. It was a masterclass offensively. And they had guys open whenever they wanted, including 
that he passed Amari Cooper that Jacoby Brissett just decided to launch launch out of a cannon for some reason, and then Cooper couldn't handle it. But you know that probably goes for six. Uh, Jake, just how impressed were you with uh, the Kevin Stefanski offense tonight? It's the same offense, man. He he finds ways to get guys open. He knows mm-hmm. what teams like to do defensively, coverage-wise, in certain situations, and he finds a way to put people in the right spot. I don't say it just to say it. Like I, I think that there's some people that maybe think I'm like blindly in love with the guy in terms of, of his play-calling ability and his general ability to call uh, you know, co- collectively. Wow. Off. I mean, I'm just – he's really good at it, and mm-hmm. and – you know, you might not like some of his fourth down aggression, but if you look at what the data tells you to do, he usually follows it and does a pretty good job. And he doesn't want to put his kicker out there for 56 yarders. And that might bother you, but that's not what the, the data says that this amount of kicks are made, right? Like this amount of kicks are made at this distance. It's a coin. Like he does a really good job of balancing that. And he doesn't always follow it blindly, but he does a good job of pushing the envelope on that stuff, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, tonight, Beautiful blend of run styles. I thought they had some great counters, some long yeah. counters, some wide zone. They did some duo. Uh, I lo- I really enjoyed what they did. They, they started out a little rough, and then they figured out they were getting some man-to-man, and then they started to use some gun-pin-pull stuff, which was really effective, and that opened some running lanes. That big run by Nick was a gun-pin-pull run up the right sideline. And if you're not watching the Thursday night games on Prime Vision, like, shame on you. That's an unbelievably <laughs> cool experience. You should be watching it that way. But – uh, but then they I, did a wait, great hold job. On. I'm going of... to pause you there. Is, I got a question because yeah. mm-hmm. I was afraid to watch the Browns game on Prime. I watched last week's game on Prime Vision, but I was like afraid. I didn't even like. I was afraid I was going to get too into the Browns or the Prime Vision for the Browns mm-hmm. game. Did I make a mistake by not watching tonight on the Prime Vision? Yeah, he said shame. I, I on just you. that's how I prefer to consume oh, football. So you know, shame like, on me. If, yeah. if you if you like it a different, I just like seeing everything. I I yeah. can't. I keep saying it all the time. It's like it's like watching basketball, but only being able to watch inside the three point line. Like that's right. so stupid. But I anyway, like, I love it, but I felt like if I'm watching all that detail about my own team, it's just gonna stress me out. It's just gonna yeah. stress. Well, me if you right don't out. like numbers and they make you anxious, then it's not for you. But <laughs> I, I, um, I'm, good, I'm good from one to ten, man. I'm good yeah. from one to <laughs> well, they get a little weirder than that, but yeah, prefer is good up to a twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I got no, so much isn't. to say about prefer at some point, but. I yeah. mean, there's some yeah, things you can pod, control. Right? Be yeah, there's some things you can control and some things you can't. And he's not controlling what he can control. You can't That's control your kicker missing a kick, or you can't control yeah. a guy. You know, there's certain things you can't control about it. But having your guys on the sideline and knowing how many they're needed to have 12 or yeah. sorry, 11. That's, that's your job. That's the root of your job is to have specials ready to go and have the right numbers on the field. So mm-hmm. anyway, and I know injuries happen. Like I, I would bet that they ran two on for walk because he got hurt and he was normally yep. out there, but it's your job to have that communicated to the singular guy who's supposed to be out there. Like that's mm-hmm. the root. I'm sorry. Special teams coaches do a lot of scheming, but game day wise, it's just, Hey man, get our guys who are supposed to be out there, out there and doing yep. their job. But anyway, um, yep. Yeah, Kevin was great. great beautiful mix of uh, quick stuff from uh, Shotgun. They really deciphered coverage really well. I thought they picked apart what, what they wanted to do with four under. Pittsburgh liked to play a lot of three deep four under stuff tonight, and they did a great job putting guys in holes in that, in that uh, four under structure. And then there you know, some well-timed play action stuff. That over route by uh, Amari Cooper was just a thing of beauty, man. And, yeah. and it, it, really, it really was fun to watch the timing of that all work out. And it was, it was mirrored off of a scheme that they ran earlier in the game and it was just, it was beautifully done. And I'll try to write that up when I, I'm going to talk about Jacoby because I just think he's playing so well. And I know that's guy on our list, but uh, he makes Jacoby really comfortable. And when you, you get a quarterback like Jacoby 
who operates really well with what he's asking him to do, and Kevin can uh, be comfortable with that quarterback, it's pretty good, man. It's pretty good, yeah. and that's how I, they're playing. Listen, there there are times. I, I Kevin Stefanski has had maybe 10% of, for me, in my opinion, especially these last two games, maybe 10% of the play calls that I've been like, ugh, don't love that. There was a time in tonight's game where they got down into the red zone and he called three straight passes. Didn't love that. Like, I don't mind. I'm not one of those. You don't have to go run, run, pass. You did that. It it doesn't work. You can't go run, run, pass. You didn't have a shirt made that says run the ball, Kevin, and get shown on TV six times? I hate that stupid crap. Yeah. Uh, So I I don't mind chucking a a, a pass in there, especially like a good quick hit pass to get you five or six yards on first down. But they were incomplete on first down. Then they go incomplete on, or, or, you know, whatever it was. They don't get the first down. It resulted in the Cade York go-ahead field goal at the time. That was, I didn't love that series of play calls. But in in totality, man, 90% of the play calls from Kevin Stefanski have been beautiful. Yep. And it's what we talked about in previous years, too, man. That guy schemes the hell out of a game. And he's re- him and Alex Van Peltman are really, really good at it. And there were open dudes all day today out all over that field. And Jacoby Brissett's doing exactly Jake and Andrew. What we talked about Jacoby Brissett having to do before the season. How can the Browns succeed with Jacoby Brissett? He's got to go out there and just make the plays that are in front of him. And he's been so good at doing it so far. And the Kevin Stefanski scheme has been phenomenal setting him up for that. Yeah, that's a great point, Mike. And I think that it, it, puts us, you know, as Browns fans, and I mean, Jake touched on it right off the top, but we, we thought coming into the season, I said it to folks I was watching the game with, you know, um, that we, we came into the season saying, well, the defense has just got to keep them in games. Brissett's going to be up and down, but the defense we know can dominate. And here we are, it's flipped 180. The, you know, Brissett looks two games in a row against, you know, not the world's worst defenses, and he has looked uh, confident and and competent and consistent more than anything, you know, not nearly as many wild misses as in week one, and it changes the uh, the ceiling for this team even as the defense struggles. Because in the NFL, you always want to have an offense before you have a defense. I, I you know, I'm not saying Jacoby Brissett is going to go out there and, and outduel Justin Herbert, but the <laughs> ability for the Browns to consistently get you know into the mid 20s is a is a long shot from where i thought that they were going to be for this 11 game stretch and it really changes the outlook for for the for the season i think and so it'll it'll be really interesting to see how it continues as the the teams get better frankly uh you know they're 2 and 1 after playing teams that i think are all in the bottom third of the league and so you know there there will be some cha- challenges uh, on the horizon it'll be interesting to see how he rises to those um while we're talking about offensive uh masterpieces uh, we've got Kevin Stefanski and, and then we've got Jacoby Brissett thriving, uh, uh, you know, uh, under Kevin Stefanski's tutelage. And then we've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt who just keep doing it. Uh, three games in a row where these guys look unstoppable at times. It's a, it's a one-two punch that, uh, you know, is, is I think, the, probably the envy of any in the league. Uh, the, the play that stuck out to me was in that last touchdown drive. They get it to Chubb first and second down. And then uh, Hunt comes in on third down, I think it was, or maybe it was a second down. But he took off like he was shot out of a cannon. And the, the him coming off the bench like that with fresh legs late in the game, it's got to be absolute misery for defense. You know, I'm not saying anything we haven't said a thousand times. But just, I mean, we're here celebrating a Browns win over the Steelers, and the running game is truly dominant. And and of course, you have to mention the offensive line too, including you know uh, Michael Dunn still very involved. You know, Proholt getting involved on that. Uh, uh, goal line uh, dive by Chubb. Uh, Jake, talk a little bit about the running game and how they were able to kind of get what they wanted against the Steelers. 
Yeah, it wasn't easy. I mean, they ran, I think, um, between those 235 for 150 and some change. I mean, it, was, it wasn't easy, but that's what they do. I, I continue to make the analogy they're like prize fighters, man. They have different styles, and when you sleep for one second on the fact that Nick is in or Kareem is in and you lose track of who's actually out there, oh, it's the most patient runner in the league, Nick, and he'll make you pay. You'll, you'll pay for anything that you, you – if one guy – loses gap responsibility he's gonna make you pay it's oh it's kareem this guy's downhill in your face right now runner who will run into you i think you get used to nick where sometimes nick will try to make you like kareem is gonna hunt out your chest and run try to run through you and be a very punishing and he's such a fall forward guy like an amazing fall forward town he's always dragging extra yards keeping his balance putting his hand down doing something to gain extra yards so that the style the run approach they have where you're kind of expecting some some certain things from certain guys and then they'll mix it up and they'll they'll put Nick on some gap runs and then bring Kareem in and put Kareem on some zone runs like they have no fear in going crazy on it and and like they'll they'll put both of them into uh, different types of runs and it's just so fun to watch those guys do their thing it, it really is fun to watch the different types of runs they use with them and they just chip away at you again tonight the Browns, what's the formula I talk about all the time? They had 36 minutes of possession to Pittsburgh's 23 minutes of possession. They had 71 plays yeah. to Pittsburgh's 55 plays. That's the formula, man. And they 376 to 308. That's the formula. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've continued to say is is uh, is is run the ball as, as diversely as you can get about 15 to 20 more plays and about 10 to 15 more minutes of clock. And they're going to be in almost any game that way. I swear, Jake, I think Nick Chubb views the game the way like the flash views the world as he's running at super yeah. speed, man. Like everything to Nick Chubb just moves slow. Doesn't it? But you can see it in his head. Everything just moves slow to the guy. And, and he doesn't even look like he's moving all that fast out there per se, unless he's like out in the open field. But he just, like, stops on a dime. Al Michaels called it out a couple times on the broadcast. Just stops on a dime and just mm -hmm. darts the other way. I've, I've said, like, LeBron, LeBron everybody. is a, Yeah, LeBron's a two-beat-ahead NBA player where he sees things unfold before they do. And I think that's the same gift that Nick has where he is he's two beats ahead of, uh, you know, run schemes. And, and that's what makes him so gifted. It's like, oh, how did he see that? Oh, well, you know, he has an idea of how it's going to unfold before it unfolds. It's just what he's good at. But there are also very few things that I like more than violent runner Kareem Hunt. When he gets in that mood, he did it uh, towards the goal line a couple times. He got he got stuffed, unfortunately. But when he gets violent and he just turns his shoulders uh, downfield and just goes, and whoever's in his way, he's not stopping. He's not juking. Uh, I love that. That is one of my favorite players that exists on the planet is violent runner uh, uh uh kareem hunt dude he is just that's that's again like awesome. that's what makes him different is you're you're just trying to be so like i need to be patient because nick if i'm not where i need to be nick's gonna make us pay oh well you know you're a little too patient when kareem was on the field and you know that's what happens he'll run through you he'll he will embarrass you if you allow him to to kind of barrel down into you before you're expecting it that kind of thing so um it's it's just a beautiful blend between those two uh jake you got to take off right I do have to split. Yep, I'm going to get some writing done. We're going to uh, keep going, though, because we got another guy coming in. So you get some writing done. Love your face. Go Browns.
That's right. And look, and look who we're bringing in. A Bears fan. <laughs> this this has turned into a garage beer show. <laughs> or get that C out of right. handle, Chad. All right, I'm out. See you guys. Right. See you, Jake. All right, so Jake's out. Chad is in. We're going to see if we can get Andrew back. Uh, if the internet can uh, can get kicking again right now, he is. Uh, he's. I think he's in the background, but we're going to. I'll let him text me and tell me what he's got going on. Uh, but, uh, Chad, dude. All right. We just got done talking about the running backs. That was a beautiful thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, they just have continued their momentum from the start of the season. I mean, this was going to be one of the big keys to for the Browns to have any success with Deshaun Watson being out. And uh, yeah, yeah. So far, it's been it's been it's been all uh, all good, man. Uh, Nick Chubb finally kind of getting the bell cow work that we all thought he is, and he's uh, he's going out and he's proving it. So offensively, really great. Yeah. Defensively, we'll get into defense right towards the end, but there were some areas of concern, right? One of the areas sure. of concern in this game, man, there was like a ten minute stretch in the middle of that game where it was just injury after injury after injury after injury, and they started to mount. It looks like we may have a serious in- injury to Anthony Walker, and that yeah. sucks, man. He had he came into, into camp in such great shape. Yeah. And I, the hard thing about that injury and the thing that scares me, and I know Ian's been talking about it too, the thing that scares me is when you watch the replay of that injury, you can't see what happened. No, like, you can't. I, was... I can't pinpoint anything that happened to that guy's legs. Yeah, it almost looked like it was. Uh, it almost looked like it had nothing to do with the contact. So it's, uh, yeah. So it's it's definitely scary when something like that happens, and and it's always usually something serious when nothing when no contact happens. Now Will's uh, Will's looked like he came back in the game, yep. so that might be you know we might be okay there, and especially with the extended uh, extended kind of you know mini bye week here. Uh, we think he might be all right. I, I haven't heard any updates on uh, JOK or Taven Bryan, so we'll see what happens there in the coming weeks. Yeah, uh, welcome back, Andrew. We'll let you talk to. But yeah, it's that Anthony Walker. You know, it it looks it didn't look like anything else. We don't know about JOK's injury, but it didn't look like any of the other three injuries were overly serious. But that Anthony Walker one looks like it could be the that could be the end of us seeing Anthony Walker out there on the field. However. To point out a bright spot, Andrew, Jacob Phillips came in mm-hmm. and played great in the second half of that football game. Made several very good plays to help the Browns win that football game. Yeah, he was he was really impressive, and I think that's probably the best that we've seen from him in a while. Um, he showed up in a way that they really needed, and and I think Tony Fields played with a lot of energy too in a few snaps, and yes. and and uh, Taki Taki had some nice reps as a weak side linebacker, which is not his natural spot. So um, I think hats off to a lot of uh, reserve linebackers for the Browns tonight, because that they, that's a really tough spot to be in. Um, and, and they, they acquitted themselves much better than other parts of the defense that are much well, more well compensated have acquitted themselves over the first three games of the season. Yeah, it was, uh, that was a tough stretch right there, man. Those watching the two linebackers go down within like three plays of each other. And then watching, and then watching Jed Wills go down, and 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 you're at a point in the game where they hadn't started to really pull away yet, man. That felt like uh, Chad. That that was a rough patch of that game. I was I was about ready to turn my TV off. At that yeah, you couldn't game. help. I mean, you couldn't help but be concerned. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, losing <laughs> key pieces of that uh, of that defense, man, all within a couple minutes and. 
with the way that they weren't uh, getting any pressure on Trubisky at all, you know, yeah, of course you had to be scared out of your scared shitless, man. But, you know, uh, but luckily uh, the, the, the backups st- uh, stepped up. They made some plays and we were able to come away with a win. Yeah, I just want to say, too, that I'm noticing in chat uh, that, that Stefanski said in the postgame presser that it's a knee sprain for Walker. Um, but I, I, I don't know. That feels to me like coach speak where you say something right after the game. Um, and then, you know, you give yourself more latitude for it to turn into something else down the road, because it, there's no way looking at that and the way that they reacted and the way that he was taken off the field, there's no way that that's a, you know, miss one week and come back. I, I would be truly and utterly shocked if that was the case. I mean, fingers crossed for the guy. I hope he's not lost for the season, but it seemed like a pretty significant knee injury at the time. So, um, yeah, a little, a little confusion, I think from the, from the press conference from Stefanski on that one. Yeah. I mean, from what I, at first I thought it was. Uh, uh, ribs or something from that ultimate warrior splash. He put yeah, on the yeah. Laid, laid down on the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, and, you can know, we the... talk about it for a minute? Can we talk about Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I was just about to. What the hell was that? What in the <laughs> hell was that? And, and, and where is the flag on that? Mm-hmm. Well, cause he, like, he, listen... he punches him. He punches him in the throat is what I saw or, <laughs> yeah, or pokes yeah. him in the eye or something, which causes him to fall. And then he blocks him by falling on him. You know, and then what, what was it uh, in the next series? Jack Conklin has his face mask almost pulled off, and they didn't throw a flag on that one either. In the Steelers, you know, I mean, I, look, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to call them a dirty team. They're a dirty team. They are told to push everything, you know, one inch past the line, and they do it, and they're good at it. And uh, you can, you can be jealous of it. You can think that it's savvy, or you can think that it's gross. But it's true. There's no way that's not true. That they're, they're fundamentally a team that pushes the envelope on all of that sort of stuff all the time. Listen, I'm not like a refs are out to get us guy. I actually, that drives me up a wall. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I saw Twitter exploded on that offsetting penalty later in the game when they called yeah. Denzel Ward for, that was a pass interference, guys. Like, that was a pretty blatant pass interference. He had his hands all over his opposite shoulder and he was pulling him. If I'm a ref out there, I'm calling, I'm calling that pass interference every time. Uh, but that one? Yeah. How that doesn't get called? Like there's like a meme. There's there's like a video. There's like a viral YouTube video of a like a high school football player doing that. And like the guy got like kicked out for the season. Mm-hmm. What is that? <laughs> Who taught you that? I saw somebody online. I, I, saw red- somebody, I saw somebody on Twitter say, Oh, don't and be so caught up on that play. That's what offensive linemen are taught to do. I'm like, what where did you learn football? Mm-hmm. Where did you learn football? That you're yep. supposed to do a frog splash, Eddie Guerrero <laughs> style, from the top rope on a guy when he's down and injured, not moving. Wh- where did you learn that? Obviously, at the I didn't learn football ever school of <laughs> offensive line blocking. That's my favorite. That's the same school that Mike Prefer teaches at. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, yeah. Right. No. <laughs> uh, shit. Oh, yeah. Prefer just catching catching strays no they're not strays mike i'm shooting at him <laughs> just yeah this is there's nothing stray about this <laughs> nothing stray about this this is this is game of thrones style era yeah, going yeah, right it's a red wedding face. situation oh no uh all right so the good news is like you said chad if you're gonna have a game that has a few especially if they're not the most serious injuries we'll see what walkers is but jok taven Bryan, jedrick wills the good news is if you are going to have, uh, if you're going to have a, a game where you're going to have some minor injuries, 
it's good to have that happen on a Thursday night and give these guys 10 days off to, to come back around. That That is a positive. Uh, Andrew, I, you and I were both just going to kind of tag team at this, so I think the next topic is sure. one that I'm very excited about. But that one-two punch, man. Yeah. That one-two punch. It, it, the, the Browns are used to having a one-two punch that's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They had another one tonight. Welcome to the season, David Njoku. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the season, David. And Amari Cooper, man, I, I here's I, so I want to know your guys' thoughts on this because this is another thing I saw going around. People kept saying online, Amari Cooper is to the Browns what OBJ was supposed to be for the Browns. And I don't agree with that because no. I don't think OBJ and Amari Cooper are similar at all. No. no, no I no. think Amari Cooper is to the Browns what Jarvis Landry was for the Browns, but just faster and harder to cover. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, um, I, I think we saw tonight the first time the vision that Andrew Barry had putting this together, uh, this off season, uh, you know, I think he understood that this, this one too, with Amari Cooper's flexibility to work inside and outside and the same with, with Najoku's flexibility to work inside and outside that they, they, that's a, it's a tough matchup. And if you can, use either of them to find the favorable one-on-one, you know, poor Terrell Edmonds. I, I, I called him out earlier, but he was getting, he was getting put in a blender a few times tonight. And it's just, no, that's no, how no these guys Terrell work because, because they're versatile. They can line up anywhere and then they can find the matchup that favors them. And that's what they were doing. And that's what Kevin Stefanski is so, is so great at. That's what we were talking about a while ago. That's, and so these are his weapons. These are his tools in the past game. And um, as excited as I am to see it. And I think, as I said before, uh, a good Jacoby Brissett and these two weapons makes this Browns offense legitimately dangerous, especially considering their running game. Uh, I'm even more excited to see what Deshaun Watson does with weapons like this, because I think you can make the argument. He certainly had DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't think he's had a one-two punch like this um, since he's been you know, in the league, Watson. And so uh, seeing him come back with these weapons, I'm excited to see it. And Anthony Schwartz is what OBJ was or OBJ is what Anthony Schwartz is trying to be is trying to be for this team. Anthony Schwartz is what Kenny Britt was to the twenty eight. Oh, right. Rounds. Right. Yeah. No, I think yeah, that's, 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 that's what's up, that's, OBJ? What are you doing? Yeah, that's how a weird you, you want to come back? Yeah, it's a weird analogy because OBJ yeah. was supposed to be kind of it was supposed to be the vertical threat in this offense. He wasn't supposed to be the intermediate, you know, precise route runner, even though he is a pretty good route runner. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely Cooper. I, I definitely agree with the Cooper and Landry analogy. Uh, yeah, I mean he's 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 good in the slide. He can stretch the field a little bit when he when he when he wants to. But it's uh, no, he's more of that intermediate guy. He's more of that set a guy up and 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 be open fifteen to you know twenty yards down the field. And and he's 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 just one of the best in the league to do that. And I mean, and you saw the example tonight and the, and and uh, last week too. So yeah, I mean it's. What an he's a, he's a better Jarvis Landry, right? <laughs> that's for sure. That's what it, yep. that's what he is. But he's not yep. OBJ. The, here's right. the thing, right? It was good to see another weapon. It was good to have another weapon because Jacoby Brissett's out there feeling good right now. Yes. Well, I don't know how long it's going to last, but right now he's feeling good. He needs the weapons, and he found another weapon. He found Cooper last week, and he found another one this week. I'm a little concerned about the lack of other weapons. I'm a little yep. concerned about, we talked about this, man, all offseason, especially when training camp hit. Everybody going ballistic, guys, about Donovan Peoples-Jones and the yep. spectacular catches that he is able to make in training camp and all that. 
he's not he what did he have one catch tonight well yeah well i yeah. think as long as the running game keeps having the success it does jacoby it's it's not going to matter you know i think i think that's still going to open up the passing game whether you know donovan, donovan is probably going to be open some other games where you know other teams are going to shade start shading coverage towards njoku and and cooper but as long as the running i think the running games uh, still hasn't success. It's been having the first three weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think the, the the targets will be there for all of these uh, receivers. All of these targets. Yep. I just feel like I feel like DPJ is a guy. I just I just I'm, I'm expecting a little bit more from him. Yeah. I'm ex- I'm expecting a little bit more from a guy in his third year that's supposed to be your wide receiver number two, and you're getting one catch in a game, and really only one look because he doesn't get open really well. And that's, we've talked about that forever. And the numbers bear that out, man. He's got a real hard time getting open. The catch he made tonight was a great catch on a great pass on a great route. He didn't get open very much. And it's just like, it. Uh, we need to have another receiver that can go out there and make some plays. Boo. But I thought Kevin gets these receivers open. Boo. Give up play calling. Boo. All right. No, no. Nice not much. Yeah, it's been nice having you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you're fired from the band. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, what I would say, Mike, is that I think that with Jacoby and, and how, you know, how often he's hitting the first read, I think the way that Kevin is running the offense right now is he's running it through Cooper and Najoku because those are, you know, those are the, his tools, you know, that he can use to find mismatches because they're such good, they're such good athletes and then route runners on top of it. And so I think, you know, one of the things that I expect when Watson comes back is that sometimes the third and fourth options get involved more because he has that ability to extend plays and find the guy that you weren't expecting to find on the backside. And that's where, uh, you know, Adon and Peoples-Jones, as you said, or I think as, as Chad said, you know, that's where he'll thrive when when coverage is rolled towards Cooper's side. So um, I, I, I'm willing to be patient for, to see this and play out. Um, I, I'm, if, if I had to choose right now, especially with Jacoby Brissett, I would rather see the targets funneled to Cooper and, and Najoku and, and let these other guys kind of just get some jogging practice in because they, they're they're going to the reliable guys that are producing offense and that's what the, that's what they need right now. You did uh, you guys said something I think Chad you said something earlier that that popped into my head. Jacoby Brissett the way he's playing and the way Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt are calling games and the way the running game is going off to start this year. I love. I don't want to take anything away from Jacoby Brissett. He's been better than anybody thought he was going to be. Yep. He's been he's been really good. But man, I cannot wait to watch what happens when you plug Deshaun Watson into that offense. I can't wait. I don't know whether that's going to help the passing game or the running game more. Like I don't know which <laughs> one's going to improve more because I think they're both going to just go crazy with <laughs> with a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback back there. Well, yeah. I'm, and don't forget the running element Watson's going to bring too. I mean, he mm-hmm. he's he's got speed out of there. You I mean he's 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 dangerous from all facets, man. So it's going to be fun. I mean, Dave, did you guys vote on my poll? Who's the best backup Browns quarterback of all time? <laughs> uh, yeah, was the option Brissett yeah. or Kelly Holcomb? Oh, Holcomb or Brissett? I mean, <laughs> I mean, there it is. Engagement in the post game show. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Uh, all right, let's get to the last the last thing and the thing that most people want to talk about. And and I kind of want to take this like layer by layer it's yeah. the defense defense really struggled in that first half especially that second quarter they were really bad mm-hmm. they were really really bad in that second quarter so i want to start i'm going to go on a little mini rant and then i guess i'll shut up for a minute if i see one more person talk sh- stuff about <laughs> miles garrett 
I feel like I don't. I feel like people don't know. Like, are we not watching the game? I, if I see one more thing, I've seen it in the comments tonight. I saw it all yep. over Twitter. Yep. Miles Garrett's real quiet. Would Miles Garrett take the game off? Oh, where's Miles Garrett? Did did we watch different games? Did did we? Why do we do this to our best player? Why do we do this to our best player? It, it would be the equivalent of Nick Chubb uh, going out there with, uh, I don't know, injured Baker Mayfield, no wide receivers, and them unable to throw the ball, and he's running for three yards a pop, and people being like, where's Nick Chubb at? Why isn't he carrying this team to a win? Miles Garrett is one of the best premier pass rushers in all of football, bar none without question. But without Jadevian Clowney, with a rookie a, a, a across from him, and really without a lot of depth. And then with a, a thrown-together interior defensive line filled with young guys that have not proven themselves at all. Do, were you guys not all watching the Steelers either chipping him on every play and then also double-teaming him? Like, the Steelers weren't concerned at all about the rest of the defensive line. But they were throwing everything at Miles Garrett. And I'm sitting here reading comments. Well, Miles is awfully quiet, man. Awfully quiet. And I'm like, man. I don't, am I wrong here? Did I did I miss something, guys? Was I watching something totally different? I just, I, I feel like we've got this, like, amazing, like the golden goose here of pass rushers. And yet, if he doesn't have, like, three sacks in the game, we're like, well, he sucks. What are we doing? He's terrible. He's overrated. No. No. Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think people also misunderstand the defensive end position because I also see comments like, "Oh, he's he's not great against the run. He never has like a ten tackle game. He never has like a twelve tackle game." That's not the job of a rush, a rush end. A rush end is to is job is to get to the quarterback. Yeah, get down the line of scrimmage, have a TFL every now and then on a uh, on a sweep or a, or a jet sweep or something like that. But his job is to rush the quarterback. And that is exactly what Miles is good at. That's exactly what he's elite at. But it, but his 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 his, his it, defensive ends are, are are not. I mean, obviously, yeah, they have to help out with the run. But their 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 main job is to sack the quarterback. So yeah. and, and as long as he's just as long if he's not doing that, he needs to be a disruptor. And Miles is is that every game. I mean, he, he, even not pressuring the quarterback in the first half. The fact that the Steelers were chipping him, doubling him, tripling him, it, it shows you how elite he is. So, yeah, it's it's everybody just leave Miles the hell alone. <laughs> Andrew, how clear was it to you how important Jadavion Clowney is to this defense without him tonight? Because the run game, especially especially in the first half, the I I feel like nobody understands how. Or not nobody, but a lot of people don't understand how vital he is to the run defense. Yep. Because I think at, from an edge position, Jadavian Clowney is one of the best run defenders in the NFL. And how, like, how noticeable was not having him out there tonight? Yeah, I mean the 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 Browns have a, a you know a top tier uh, duo of of defensive ends, and um, they complement each other so well in uh, their their relative strengths and weaknesses. And um, not having half of that duo is is a big deal, uh, you know. It all, I think it also really speaks to uh, Andrew Barry has has tried a few different uh, tactics to sort of shore up the edge depth. Uh, he went out and traded for Chase Winovich, who's on IR now. He signed Stephen Weatherly, who tore his ACL in in uh, training camp, 
So, uh, you know, really their third and fourth defensive ends are, are on IR right now. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he drafted Alex Wright, who uh, was, was playing tonight, but was really kind of a non-factor as far as, I mean, we'll go back and watch the tape, obviously, and, and, and we'll see the grades. You know, just as far as counting stats, getting his name called, he wasn't really there. Uh, and, and then you've got uh, Isaiah Thomas and, um, uh, you know, Isaac Rochelle rotating in, and, and those guys just are not you know, difference makers. And so it really all falls on the lap of Miles Garrett. And the thing is, to your point, Mike, the other team knows that. So they can build their entire protection scheme around stopping him because they know nobody else is likely to show up. And so, you know, I was a little disappointed because I thought this might be an opportunity for a Jordan Elliott to take a step forward, uh, Taven Bryan to take a step forward, Perry and Winfrey. There's a lot of names out there that we spent, you know, the offseason saying, boy, if any of these guys want to step up, there's a job for them. And uh, this was their night. And I, I don't, you know, on first viewing, sitting at, at, on the couch watching it, none of those guys did that. And that's disappointing to me because, um, you know, any NFL offense is going to be able to shut down a single pass rush threat when uh, the other three guys don't really pose much of a threat and all can be handled one on one. And so you put Miles Garrett in an almost uh, unwinnable situation. And, and that's where he was tonight. Talk real quick, guys. The defensive backfield. Uh, you gave up one long, like a 30-some yard pass to Pickens, who made the catch of the year. I mean, yeah. That was it, though. The busted coverages didn't exist tonight. There wasn't even a threat of a busted coverage. They they did show a little bit more uh, communication, at, for sure. A little bit more man coverage. Uh, but they also were getting beat a lot on comeback routes. Denzel Ward was getting his lunch handed to him on comeback routes. Uh, uh, by Deontay Johnson through a good chunk of that game. Uh, just talk to us, talk to me a little bit about how vital is it that both both parts of this defense are going right at the same time? Because at the time, especially in that second quarter where the defensive backs were getting it handed to them as they were trying to cover the wide receivers for the Steelers, they also were getting no pressure on Mitch Trubisky. Like Mitch Trubisky was able to just, oh, hey, it's just you and I, Andrew. That's Mitch right. Trubisky was able to just stand in the pocket and make things happen. Uh, how vital is it that those things work together? And and how much do you put on when they're not getting a pass rush? How much do you put that then on the defensive backs when Mitch Trubisky is completing those passes? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think you can you can definitely blame the the lack of pass rush uh, for for some of those passes. I think you can also blame the scheme for, you know, giving these guys such a cushion, but then that's in response to the fact that they've blown coverages. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit like trying to make a, a king size bed with queen size sheets. You know, if you're trying to cover all four corners, you're going to always run out of material and that's where they are right now. It feels like they just don't have a full deck. And I would just observe that that has been the feeling the entire time Joe Woods has been here. You know, two years ago, we thought, well, it's because it's Andrew Sandejo back there. But, you know, now they've got their guys at every position on the defense, and it still looks like that. So, to me, uh, there's one common denominator. I went on the, down this road with Mike Prefer to start the show. But I'll just be honest and say that I don't, it, you know, I don't have any confidence in this scheme, and I still don't. Because, let, let me put it this way, the, the way that the NFL works, the hardest thing about the NFL is understanding if what you're seeing is true in a vacuum or if it's only true relative to the opponent. And the Browns have played the Panthers, the Jets, and the Steelers. And I think all three of those will finish bottom 10 in the league in offense this year. Uh, and if that's the case, they've given up points, easy points at times, to bottom 10 offenses. And we know that there are better teams on the schedule. And I think they're really going to struggle. 
Now, you know, last year we had that feeling and, and they turned it around and I'm not going to rule that out. But I, if, if you're looking at it right now, it doesn't seem like this defense has what it takes to consistently play, you know, dominant football or even really, you know, winning football, to be honest. I think it's going to rely on the offense for them to win games. Well, but I, I will say this, and I and I said this on Twitter tonight. Sometimes you got to see yourself being successful. Yeah. And for the first couple games, the Browns defense has not seen the success. And through the first half of this game, the Browns didn't see any success. And then all of a sudden they put together some stops. Yeah. Whether they were three and outs or whether they were just stops, they put together some stops. And sometimes just seeing it happen manifests itself into look, look at what we're capable of. Why were we not doing this before? Yep. And it and it and you build on it. And it and it is a it's it's almost a tangible thing that you can build on. And so I do think I think the second half of this game is a if this defense manages to kind of get it together. Mm-hmm. I think the second half of this game is a time where you're going to be able to point back and say, yep. man, when they when they like figured it out against the Steelers, as bad as the Steelers offense, we think it's going to be all year. Once they figured it out there and they kind of put it together and then they went into Atlanta and had a good defensive game and then they kind of proceeded on, you'll be able to point back to that game and say, this is where they figured it out. Here, here's here's another question, though, for the defense. <laughs> Andrew, where do the where do the turnovers come from, man? Yeah, boy, oh boy. Because they're not forcing them. Man, oh man, yeah. Mm-hmm. You had an interception against Baker Mayfield week one. Yep. You you had a, 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 a Jadevian Clowney sack fumble recovery yep. against the Jets week two. Uh, you did not, you, oh, okay, you technically turned over the Steelers tonight. It was the last play of the game on the right. many laterals that you recover for a touchdown. But you didn't turn the Steelers over at all tonight. Where are the turnovers at? Where are these guys at getting the ball out of uh, away from the other team and and handing it back to the Browns offense? Yeah, well, I'm not going to let you change the subject and not let me respond Damn to it. what you said before. Okay, yeah. fine, fine, fine. Because I I appreciate the optimism, but I just I don't think I don't believe that story. I don't I don't believe that the that they found themselves in the second half because there was a Deontay Johnson drop uh, for for uh, on a long pass. Uh, that was was that going to be a touchdown? It was, it was a long. I mean, I, no, but Denzel Ward was right there. Okay, I mean, but it, it hit him right in the breadbasket, man. I, I, I uh, just, it, I don't. It may have, and I'm going to argue with you a little bit on that one. When you're in good coverage, even if you didn't get a hand on the ball, when you're in good coverage, it makes it harder for the guy to catch the ball. Okay, all right. I'm, so I'm, he was in I'm, good I'm, coverage. No, and 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 you know the thing about the NFL is the margins are thin. So like sitting here and saying, well, if this this and this happened, then they gave up more points. I, I understand. I'm not going down that road. I'm just trying to make the point that I I am not buying that the defense started to turn it around. I I am buying that the Steelers' offense is truly one of the worst in the league, and and they found some success, and the Browns adjusted and were able to stop them. But it's because they're so bad. That's you are that's, not that's what I believe. You are not Ebenezer Scroogeing my night. We're not okay. having we're not having that. We're not bah humbug bah humbugging a win over the Steelers. Yeah, defense turned it around, man. And like yeah. I said, if they play better against Atlanta next week, and Atlanta's got some weapons. Yep, they're not a very good team, but they've got some weapons. If they play better next week, I'm saying I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to come back to you next week and be like, see, 
Great. Second half of that Steelers game started turning it's, it around. It's it's not like I don't want this to happen. I just don't believe it. And you know, I I'm 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 you know, my job is to sit here and tell you what I'm seeing. And I'm what I'm seeing is a defense that's not very good and a scheme that's not very good. And I don't see why that should change. You know, in the next ten days when they go into Atlanta. But to your other point, Mike, and I think it's a great point because uh, it it does seem to be, you know, the and and a lot of it is just luck with these fumbles. Uh, you know, John Johnson, I think it was, did a great job of stripping the ball loose from a ball carrier. The ball pops out. There's four Browns and one Steeler, and it, it literally lands at his feet and stops. I've never seen a ball that's spinning and rolling <laughs> yeah. stop on the ground, but it did. It stopped like it was stuck to the ground, and he just, he like bent down and picked it up like it was a, a, a loaf of bread he had dropped. And that's been the story. It was the story week one. Baker Mayfield just could not stop dropping snaps, and they, they didn't get any of them. And so, uh, yeah, it's it is it's very frustrating. They're not generating interceptions uh, at all. No, and that's you know, I, and I think that really speaks to the way that they play coverage because there's just so much space underneath that that there's not really anybody in the way of the ball. It, it goes to the the receiver before it even sees a defensive back. Uh, but the fumble luck is is really from something beyond. <laughs> you know that that's just statistics, and the statistics keep going against the Browns uh, against all mathematical probability. It's very frustrating. Listen, uh, it, it's probably about time for everybody to get to bed. But, but Andrew, man, there are things to work on. Yeah, rev it back up. Rev, rev it back up, Mike. Here we defensively, go. We won. We won. Defensively, there are areas of concern. I don't yeah. know. I don't know where turnovers are going to come from. I don't know why we can't get a damn sack when you call a blitz and you hit the quarterback. Yep. They did it like three times tonight. They called a good blitz. And they hit the quarterback and didn't bring him down. Yep. There's stuff that has to get cleaned up. But after a an absolute embarrassingly devastating loss to the Jets yeah. last week, an embarrassingly devastating loss to the Jets last week, you come back out against your rival and the team that has owned you. Yes. And I know it's not the same guys in the same team. Still the team that has owned you. For the better part of two decades, and you got to win. You you yep. bounce back from mm. the Jets game, and I'm going to tell you, it's that video, that mic'd up video that came out of Kevin Stefanski, and I loved watching it. He was pissed. You could tell yep. he was pissed, but he was also even keel, and he was going to get these guys in and get them working. I think you've got a hell of a coach here in Cleveland, mm. and he got them. They got to figure out some things. But he got them out there, and they did what they needed to do to get a win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You are one and zero in the division. You are two and one on the season. We could shake off last week. You did it, mm-hmm. and you you got a long week to just enjoy this win, get guys healthy, and move on. There's no reason to not be celebrating this tonight. 100, percent Mike. That's a great way to to wrap it up. And I, I you know I think it really sums up the key points here. That we sat here pregame and said the world in which they lose this game to the Steelers at home is is a bleak it's a bleak world for the Browns and it was good yeah. there was going to be you know there was some finger pointing after the Jets loss there was going to be a lot more there was going to be a boatload more if they didn't get this win tonight against the Steelers and it felt to me like it's you know it's early in the season but it was an organization sort of teetering on the brink of something that could have turned ugly and and credit to them and, and I think as you said rightly credit to Kevin Stefanski uh, you know he, he he is absolutely the right head coach for the Browns and and he I I trust him I really do and I think that they're in good hands I I think 
he will solve, whether it's replacing or changing the way that the coaches underneath him work, he will solve those problems. I, I believe that. But, uh, you know, obviously that takes a little bit more time. But, no, I, you know, they, they won. They won by six points that ended up being 12 points because of a, a lucky fumble. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a game that they had to have. They have it. They've, they're 1-0 in the division, as you said, and, and they, it gives them time to go, go to Atlanta. And, and you know, more, more than all of that, it, it gives them, I think the thing that you said about the defense seeing it, that, that does, I do buy that, that like it's early enough in the season that you just need to stack wins. So if they can, if they can stack this win with another one next week in Atlanta, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if they can be three and one, even if they then have to play the chargers, that's where you want to be. You want to be three and one after four games and they've got that opportunity gift wrapped right in front of them. Uh, and, and listen, we can get into the rest of the season later, but you lost a game to a team that you should have beat. Right. I still think you're going to beat a team that everybody thinks you're going to lose to. Yeah, so we're going to be tough that's the way the season. Sure. That's the we the way the season goes. A couple quick things uh, that yeah. uh, I I thought were really cool. Uh, there was a I saw this online. One of the prop bets that was going tonight was Chase Claypool over under 35 and a half receiving yards. Okay. So you want to talk about an all time bad beat? He went into the last play of the game with 41 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. And on that fumble Ruski kind of play, yeah, he got credited with negative six yards to end up at 35 yards. Yep. And his over-under was 35 and a half. <laughs> yeah. So could not have been an easier win for anybody that went with the over. And he lost, he got credited for six yards negative on that last play. That is yep. uh that's phenomenal. That is great. Yep. Um the only other thing I'll say to bring it to a positive note, yep. I heard a lot over the last week after the loss against the Jets how close they were. They were a 58-yard kick from Cade York away from being 0-2. Right. Heard that a lot. Drove me crazy. Yep. Because you were also 97 things that shouldn't have happened away from being 2-0. Yep. The onside kick. And even the things that were, like, so out of, like, you know, not I'm not even talking about the blown coverage, just the other stuff that happened in that game. You are all that stuff away from being 3-0. You are one crazy loss. Yep. 99.1% loss away from being 3 and 0. Yep. So things are okay for the Browns right now. You lost yep. a tough one last week. You came back in beautiful fashion. Huge credit to Kevin Stefanski. No credit to Mike Prefer, but huge credit <laughs> to Kevin Stefanski uh for getting these guys ready. Huge credit to Jacoby Brissett who deserves this first win or his second win, I mean, as the quarterback of the Browns. Uh, credit to all these guys that work their tail off to forget that bad beat. This is a beautiful night for us Cleveland fans. And again, yeah. no matter what else, we can break it all down and talk about things we're concerned about and all that. But guys, we beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right. And that's what matters. Yep. That's all that matters. And that's a beautiful thing. Yep. Let me let me shout out two great points in chat. Just two two other positive notes here. Uh, I threw, threw it up on the screen a minute ago. OG Philly, uh, we bullied the Steelers tonight. And that's a great way to put it. We really did. Uh, we When we wanted... Uh, yards on the ground, we took them. And, uh, you know, when we uh, needed to stop them on the ground, we did. And so, you know, that's a, that's a, we, as, as Philly says, we've been on the other side of that too many times to count. So uh, credit to the Browns for, for being the more physical team tonight. That's really an accomplishment against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then Super Surge MC, we can watch football all Sunday and the Browns will be in first place in the North. Let's go. Uh, yeah. That's all you need to say. So uh, that's, you know, I, I, I like, this, I, you know, I, I don't want to just sit here and pretend to be only positives. There's, there's stuff wrong with the team. 
I think two and one is a fair reflection of their record. But then at the end of the show, let's sit here and talk about the things that make us happy, right? We can we can watch football all Sunday. We can watch the Ravens play. We can watch the Bengals play. We can watch every other team in the AFC play, and the Browns will still have a share of the AFC North lead by the end of the day. And and yeah, we beat the we beat the Steelers at their own game and and look good doing it. So that's you know hats off to Stefanski and the Browns. It's a good night to be a Browns fan. And you heard it from Stefanski and that mic'd up too. And I loved that too. And I know he was celebrating the Nick Chubb touchdown that people were whining about, but that's stupid. Anyways, but he said, man, when you when they know you're going to run the ball and you know you're going to run the ball and you still run it down their throats and the Browns yep. did that tonight many, exactly. many times. The Steelers knew it was coming, couldn't do anything about it. Exactly. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and even Jacoby Brissett on those sneaks, man. Lethal, lethal mm-hmm. on the sneaks. Uh, man, it was great. So, Andrew, if you want to close this out, man. Well, I yeah, Mike. Thanks for stepping in. I had a little internet trouble there earlier, and uh, it was it was fun to you know shimmer away into the void for a bit and come back. Uh, it's always nice to, to 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 visit the void and see how the weather is this time of year. Uh, it, you know, all I would say is that um, I I it's you know maybe this is too much perspective, but I still vividly remember the Owen sixteen season ending with that Corey Coleman drop uh, against the Steelers, and I remember when when you saw the Steelers on the schedule, you just assumed from the Monday before that it was a loss. You didn't even entertain the possibility of beating the Steelers for years and years and years. And now, uh, you know, I think we have their number a little bit as much as I cringe to even say that out loud. Uh, but, but I think Kevin Stefanski knows how to beat this team and, uh, it makes me feel really, really good. So it's been a pleasure, real pleasure, uh, to bring you the pregame and postgame tonight. Uh, so many excited fans in chat, so much enthusiasm, uh, OG Philly pointing out that the Guardians got a sweep tonight over the White Sox as Let's well. Let's go. Yeah, all is well in Cleveland sports Magic right number now. number five. That's right. Yeah, they're on the doorstep. We're going to have playoff baseball somehow in Cleveland in October. Never would have guessed that, uh, even as late as July. So it's just, it's a great night to be a Cleveland sports fan. It's a great night to be a Browns fan. And I'm so happy to share it with all of you, to share it with you, Mike, to share it with Chad, to share it with Jake. It's just such a pleasure to get on after a game like this and just talk Browns for a while. Even when I do you know, kind of say cranky things about the defense. Hey, listen, so, you're, you're a well-read man. You got to bring a lot of perspectives. <laughs> you got to bring a lot of perspectives. You just got to bring better internet next time, man. Yeah. We got uh, to upgrade that service. Who do we got to talk to down there? Oh, that's a good question. We should uh, probably talk to Cletus on the corner. He's, I think he's the <laughs> internet guy. <laughs> Come on, Cletus. <laughs> All right. I'm All going right. to bed. I'm going to yeah. be up in five hours. I'm going to bed. Yeah. Mike's got an out. We got an out. We've had a great night. Thank you for joining us. Everybody out there, really appreciate all of all of you in chat. Thank you to Jake. Thank you to Chad. Thank you to Mike. We had a great show. Thank you to Ian for producing. And uh, we will be back for Monday Rewind on Monday night. We might do a Spaces tomorrow, but uh, don't tell anybody I said that. Until then, have a great night. Go Browns. Ooh, 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 ooh. Beat the Steelers. We did. Let's go, baby.